0: Welcome to Cartridge Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk. Hey, go on on Twitter. And with me today, I actually have someone who I I, I have to say, I've been familiar with your work uh, for a while now, but not so much in video games, uh, which I think is, a, is sort of like a, a new frontier for you, but maybe not. Uh, Meredith Gran, uh, you may know her as the artist of Octopus Pie, Octopus Pie, yeah, and the, um, uh, the new developer of a, of a very fascinating looking uh, adventure game. Uh, Meredith, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Hi there, Trevor. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course, um, so uh, tell me a little bit about uh, tell me a little bit about the game to begin with because I think like just getting a sense. I have a ton of questions about you know how this relates to the art and stuff like that. But I'm fascinated by the game as well. Um, it is a point and click beach adventure, basically coming of age story. Uh, what made you think about it? What made you think of it? What would you tell people about it? How are you pitching it? I know it had a successful Kickstarter. So pitching may not maybe in the past, but
1: Mm -hmm. well, I mean, I think the pitching is, is relevant to it, uh, because I really wanted to write a story, like kind of a linear story that would uh, would work in the framework of a video game. Uh, it is the first game that I've ever made, so that's why you haven't heard too much about my work in games. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pitching it as, as you said, a coming-of-age story. Uh, I've really wanted to explore the uh, the inner life of a teenager for a while uh, in a way that uh, I sort of explored uh, the life of 20-somethings when I was doing Octopus Pie. Uh, and I, I, you know, I pitched it to... Uh, the people who ended up supporting the Kickstarter as, uh, you know, sort of a... If you like that sort of story, if you like the the human moments that I build in the comic, uh, that's what I'm going to try to do with, uh, with a teenage perspective instead. Uh, and then I think mm. uh, I pitched it also to people who'd never read my comics before who were just interested in sort of the, uh, that... Very particular era of uh, Sierra point-and-click adventure games that I really like. Uh, I know a lot of people are are very fond of the LucasArts uh, era of games in that time period, too. Uh, But what I'm really playing from is, uh, for me, like, King's Quest games are the most fun I've ever had with video games. They're the ones that I come back to year after year, and I've always really wanted to develop my own version of that kind of thing.
0: That's really cool because I, you know, you're absolutely right. I've heard a lot of people on this show and off uh, talking about uh, their love for LucasArts games, and it, it sort of is my Lucas classicus too. I played more, um, you know, of say Salmon Max or uh, Curse of Monkey Island or whatever, as opposed to the King's Quest or the um, the various quest games or the Sierra um, uh, IPs. But those are super fascinating, and they have a very very particular aesthetic. Um, I know, like. Uh, Famously, Roberta Williams is a cruel and ruthless uh, <laughs> uh, designer. Uh, is that part of what gets you? Is it is it sort of like the the depth of the world? What What about the Sierra games uh, grabs you more than the LucasArts Arts games?
1: Um, well, it's funny. Like the i, I played some of the Lucas Arts games more recently, and I feel like they're actually a little bit. More high end in general, um, and I, yeah. I I don't really mean that in a bad way. Um, like the you know the the scale of what they do and the the quality of what they do is so high, and the games are so tight, and uh, uh, you know they they're like perfect little objects. And for me, the Sierra games are a little more scrappy. Um, like you can you can kind of hear like an echo in the voices of the voice actors, and like none of the voice actors are <laughs> professionals. They're all just people who happened to be developing the game and in the office, Um, and then there's, I mean the games are still beautiful, the the way they play is wonderful, and and they were very innovative in their time developing this this kind of engine, Uh, but to me they kind of feel like they were cobbled together in a way that always seemed possible for me. Uh, Whether it's as simple as they make it seem or not, surely it wasn't for them. Uh, and I have a lot more resources at my disposal for that now, but they made it seem easy to me when I played those games. It felt like all the little flaws that I detected in them uh, were because they were kind of doing something they had no idea how to do, and they were making something really great out of it, uh, regardless of that.
0: Yeah, I uh, I kind of feel the same way. I. I came into playing uh, Williams's games a little later. I, Roberta Williams is just the name I always associate with Sierra. I'm not sure if, if those are the games you played with the most oh, or yeah, not. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I tried her game uh, when I was doing some work uh, academically on video games. I tried uh, Mystery House, which is like uh, the super early. Uh,
1: yeah, like the command line ones, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it, it's it's a very strange game. It's 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 hard to play as a as a current gamer, um, and I mean like I say, this is someone who you know grew up with games in the you know early '90s, late '80s. It's not so hard for me to embrace old graphics, but Mystery House is is mm-hmm. tough. Um, but it is like it still feels charming like there's all sorts of elements of it where it's like yeah there are rough edges there are things here that are strange but like even this earliest experiment feels like a self-conscious experiment that's going for something so i totally see what you're saying it, it is a it's rough around the edges but it has kind of a uh, i don't know like an approach it has a it has an ethos
1: yeah absolutely and i, I think uh, another thing that makes those games a little rough to play if you grew up even just a little later in a later era of games is that they're just kind of needlessly cruel like there are so many yes, ways so like many. I love all the ways to die even though I'm not putting that in my game Uh, And I also love that there's all these stalemates you can get into where you, you know, you accidentally eat the magical fruit that you were playing the entire game to get and uh, you lose 500 points. And it's like, well, what am I going to do now? Like, (laughs) they don't present you with like, you lose, want to go back to like the exact moment where you made that mistake. Like, you have to find out on your own that you've made a permanent mistake in those games. So, uh, you know, when I played them as a kid, I had more time for stuff like that. Um, There was like the Sierra hotline you could call that was like a dollar a second and I was not allowed to do that but me and my brother would just spend hours collaborating and being like oh no don't do that don't don't do that you'll get stuck forever and just going through these games and it would take months to figure out the entire game uh, and sometimes years like we'd give up and come back to it but uh, you know it was very satisfying to to solve all those puzzles and I have them all like permanently memorized for whenever I replay them now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's there's something about that where I think like people try to recapture it with stuff like I've, I've seen games on Steam, like you have to beat the game or whatever, where like the idea of the game is that it is truly supposed to be just like so difficult that you have to play it over and over. But, you know, part of what appeals to me about Perfect Tides, um, which I realized we didn't actually say the name of your game oh, yeah. Perfect Tides. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, part of what appeals to me about the aesthetic there is... You know, there's definitely that that '90s uh, retro sort of nostalgia aesthetic, which, as someone who is prone to that, um, you know, totally speaks to me. Uh, the idea of like a 56k uh, modem and and you know just like getting the internet through bits and bits and pieces, but it being so freeing. That's like you know, the, even in the pitch that that's on the site, um, the the intro aesthetic and everything totally speaks to me. But like the the cool thing about it also is that there's this element of like fun scarcity that I think the Sierra games really traded on Mm -hmm. where like if you have a steam library now you have you know a hundred games there you've never played because you bought them on sale or whatever but when you were a kid it's like maybe you had two games yeah and like you had you had to figure out King's Quest 3 because what was your other choice
1: yeah yeah no you were gonna finish it and it was gonna take a long time and and the nice part about that was uh you know they'd give you all these these uh pretty lush backgrounds to walk through and there'd be all these like little things you could click on in the game so it would take you forever but you would really feel like you were exploring within that time um and even looking at it now you know I do ask myself is this going to be fun enough for people is this going to be impressive enough for people just to see the backgrounds and stuff but i kind of look at uh you know, how people relate to games now and especially retrospectives on games. And they'll talk mm. about the this feeling they got just from wandering around and wasting time in a game. And I think people do still do that. And maybe I can't expect it of the frustrating degree that I wasted time with my games when I was a kid, but uh, I think I think they're still willing to wander as long as they're really invested in it. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah.
0: No, definitely. And I think you know, indie games, particularly, have had that had that uh, come to them. I mean, one of the things that I was thinking about when I was before we talked was the way in which the your game kind of hopes for or asks for, or I, I'm trying to find a, a better, not passive, but sort of like more, not not demanding either, kind of like a. Um, expects is the wrong word, but slightly, slightly weaker, slightly more kind than expects, uh, expects a, a viewer investment. Like Octopus Pie as a comic, there's a kind of emotional and and um, personal investment there that I remember when I was reading it, it took me by surprise because I was used to, I, you know, I started reading it maybe like two years after it started. Um, and like a lot of the webcomics out around that time weren't as episodic, weren't as sort of like focused on a kind of like, Episodic but serial pace. It reminded me a little of like uh, Jeff Rowland's uh, comics, except also uh, kind of like very serious emotionally. So there's a world building thing that, that feels invested there. It sounds like that's the same thing you're sort of hoping people get into in your game.
1: Yeah, I hope so. And I mean, I, I, I honestly don't know what I'm going to see with a with gaming audience uh, when it comes to comics I definitely see the two sides of it where uh, a lot of people will be like well people have been talking about Octopus Pie and uh, I just want to know uh, when does this get good when when am I going to enjoy this <laughs> like that's oh, the, no. that's the main criticism when people look at it for the first time after they've heard like three people recommend it and then their friends are like uh, you know you just got to read it for a while and they're you know not necessarily patient enough to do that um and I think you know those are the audiences that I'm usually looking for, and unfortunately, you can't get everybody that way. Where I'm hoping enough people will invest in it and promise the less patient people in their lives that this is worth investing in. Um, and sure. you know, part of the part of uh, that I'm hoping to achieve just by making the game as inexpensive as I can. Uh, I really want to. Uh, I really want to uh, ask people to trust me uh, without spending a ton of money to find out if I'm if I'm full of it or not but uh, <laughs> I I'd like <laughs> to reasonable. I'd like to think that you know with a as uh, as quickly as I can I can draw those people in and it, it won't be immediate but I'm hoping that you know they play the game a little an hour or two and they'll really start to understand what uh, what they can expect from it and that it'll build it at kind of a slow pace
0: mm. and how does that I mean how does that work for you as an artist because I know like there's there's Maybe even similar time uh, expectations in, you know, reading an entire comic series and playing, you know, a particularly long game, certainly playing a a King's Quest, uh, you know, there there are – I could link that to, you know, when I read Bone versus when I played Final Fantasy VII or something like that. Like those two – Um, those two investments kind of like add up in my mind. But of course, like a comic for you as an artist is a much longer process. Like there's a lot more development. It takes place over a longer period of time. You may not be the same artist that you were at the beginning. um, And and you may feel that's better for better or for worse. Um, I think a lot of people end up feeling they're better at the end. I, I think your work at the end was really fantastic. A friend of mine and I were just talking about like the way those final strips are emotionally and sort of like, you know, aesthetically uh, pleasing. Um, But a video game is kind of constructed in a in a limited window. Obviously, there's time, but it's not years and years. So, I mean, how does that how does that make you feel to think that like Perfect Tides is going to be a much shorter distillation of your development as an artist than something like Octopus Pie?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is, um, and I'm looking forward to that too. You know, it's only been a few months now, but uh, the way I've found uh, I'm writing it is kind of the same way where Uh, the first couple of months I was really trying to like okay I'm gonna get a full outline of every single story every single thing that happens in this game and I'm realizing that I never wrote that way I always wrote based on what uh, was going on in my life at the time and what Mm. I felt like I I wanted to express through the comic so uh, I found now that it's easier to kind of have a general idea of where the game is going to go and uh write the stories as they come to me and uh, I'm actually kind of writing them in a way that is a little similar to writing comics where I draw out all the uh, the art assets uh, in advance or you know placeholders for the art assets and then I kind of just write the story straight into the script um, using like the software that I that I use to make the game Um, I kind of just like write out the dialogue like I would like a scripted comic and then I, I watch it play out a couple of times well like a hundred times and just you know <laughs> modify it until I like the way it looks so it, it feels a little bit like like uh the way I write comics in the sense that the story just comes to me and then I, I write it into a little cut scene and then it kind of stands on its own as its own little little chapter slash experience that the that the user is going to have.
0: That's cool. I mean, do you feel like there's something that the genre, or I guess not the genre, but the medium of games brings you that the medium of comics doesn't? Like, is there is there something that you're obviously you know they're different, but like is there something that you're given as a creator that you feel like you didn't have while producing comics, or vice versa?
1: Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about this. How I, I'm kind of able to direct now, like uh, mm. you know, in a in a more cinematic way, and I think I always kind of approached comics with the desire to do something sort of cinematic and there's limitations to comics where you can't do that. And then there are things about comics that are, are maybe even better uh, for expressing what I wanted to express than film. But with, uh, with a video game at times I am kind of being an animator and uh, you know, creating a film. And then on top of that, I'm letting the user kind of thumb through that, that film as if they're making it happen by, uh, by clicking the buttons, that part is kind of similar to comics in that the the user is making it happen by looking at it. Whereas with film, it just goes, it just progresses at the exact pace that you said it was going to prog- progress at. Uh, with comics and games, there is, for both of them, kind of this agreement uh, between the creator and the reader that they're going to make the story progress themselves.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's always something that fascinated me. I remember uh, early on in my PhD, I, uh, I got obsessed with this idea that is completely unwritable. But this the fact that you, uh, as a reader, uh, can stop something, you can you can make something incomplete, and you can never finish it. And that could be like a conscious choice or an unconscious choice, but it can totally change the way that you you know, experience a piece of work, and like I, I think that is absolutely true with uh, things that are released, or or sort of things that are presented as like chapters in the way that comics and video games are, even more so than books, mm-hmm. uh, where like you literally get like at the end of a chapter is always the end of a thematic moment, mm-hmm. uh, or at least classically.
1: Yes, that's that's how I uh, like it.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, let me ask you this: I know that um, you said that. Perfect Tides is a little bit like approaching uh, teen years. Um, I liked I liked the one one piece of copy on it uh, for, for a review that I read was, uh, or not a review, but sort of like a review of, of the project to come. Mm. Uh, it was like, most of us who are not teens anymore would never want to revisit those times in their lives. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think it's like, I think that's half true. Like I think I think, yeah, but at the same point, Everyone is always fascinated with the aesthetic that they grew up with or right around when they were 13 to 15. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, I get it. Um, I, I feel, I think like I feel that kind of trepidation uh, to re-engage more with my 20s. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I just don't want to ever be in my 20s again. It is a scary period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but when, and, like, when
1: you're in your 20s though, you probably felt that way about your teens.
0: That's right. That's right. And I, I definitely felt that way about my thirties looking forward, where I was just like, oh, this is going to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember looking at thirty-somethings and thinking like, this is absolutely, I will never be like this. Um, <laughs> and I can't tell you if I am or not. I, I you know, I, I don't have that much. Uh, I don't have that much memory of what those thirty-somethings were like. But I bet, I bet I am.
1: Oh yeah. Um,
0: you're, sure. you're just, I mean, you're just you
1: impenetrable escape. whenever you're, uh, you know, to whatever the future can possibly try and tell you. Like anybody right. older than you can't possibly describe to you what that's going to be like. <laughs> um, and and I'm trying to write that way with the, you know, writing from the point of view of a teen where they, they oh, don't have any any foresight. Um, you get like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm hoping this will be enjoyable to people older. It, it's written by someone older, so some of my perspective will obviously be baked into it, um, but the, the two voices you get are the character speaking and then the narrator speaking to her, uh, and the narrator does not like the narrator presents knowledge that the character doesn't express on their own. But the narrator doesn't know anything that the character doesn't know. Doesn't hold any opinions that the character doesn't hold. So Interesting. we're only getting. Uh, I mean, you know, if I if I write this correctly, we're only getting the things that this team can possibly comprehend at this place in time
0: yeah and that's fascinating i think like you know there's definitely something about that in video games of the moment i think like pretty much post gone home that like people are very very uh, invested in i'm certainly invested in there's a it's painful but it's also very interesting it's a, it's a it's a kind of a wonderful way to engage with one's memories uh so again selfishly that sounds Totally fascinating uh, to an ex- a person aged exactly my age, yeah, uh, and in my exact cultural situation.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I do see a lot of people saying, uh, you know, when they they engage with a piece of art that that uh, reflects something about themselves back at them, uh, maybe it's painful to them. But more and more, I see like people being. A, uh, grateful for for the relatability of it or you know mm. they'll jokingly say that they're being attacked by it but they like that they're seeing <laughs> themselves in it like it's it's uh it makes them feel more more normal more human whatever it is uh you know that they're looking for in the art that they engage with um so they'll either you know see some i'm hoping that they'll either see some part of their past uh that you know helps them put that into perspective in a way that they'd never thought about it before. Or they'll see some part of their present self that maybe they'll like, maybe they won't like. Um, that's, <laughs> you know, that's debatable, but they'll see themselves, hopefully.
0: Interesting. And, and so one of the things that I found very relatable I was uh, a friend of mine actually funny while we were setting this up was reading through uh your work again and just sending me panels from from octopus pie mm-hmm. and saying like this is relatable this <laughs> is relatable this this is me um and we had a conversation because he finished it and he he was like yeah you know I, I don't I, I relate with so many of them I'm not sure exactly who I relate with like maybe Merrick at the end maybe maybe uh someone else and I said to me it was it was definitely Mar and, and part of it was that like there was a feeling of wanting stability. And then once I get the stability feeling like, oh, is this actually good? Is Did I, did I actually just like spend my whole life trying to do something that actually I don't like? Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he uh, she was like, yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, but the, I, I think what's like also interesting about octopus pie is that it took place around like this very particular moment, uh, sort of like, Orbiting two thousand eight, orbiting the, the 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 class, race, gender kind of awareness explosion we've had, mm-hmm. um, and and the comic deals so like so readily in all of those themes. I wonder, like, are you going to be dealing with uh, issues of class, race, gender, sexuality uh, in Perfect Tides, or is that something that is going to be sort of more on the back burner?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's it's impossible to like attach detach a teen experience from any of that, like especially when the uh, the story is so much about the place that you grew up. So uh, the the character grows up on an island, which is you know considered a a paradise, a perfect place to live. But um, I'm sure you know anybody who's who's lived on an island knows that like. The politics are not necessarily very good there, um, so that is absolutely a part of it. Um, in in both like you know positive and negative ways, we're going to see how that how that impacts her life, and then just going to school like we're going to see you know how she interacts with other teens. And certainly, you can't uh, you can't detach race and sex and sexuality from any of that so it's mm, it's absolutely sure. going to be uh, a prominent theme and it not uh, so much in the way that it was sort of evolving in octopus pine we we're seeing like how these how the years uh, you know changed how people approach those things but more how I remember th- things being in the late 90s early 2000s before any of this stuff happened um, and uh, people might find that kind of upsetting I, I do think about that like the things that uh, I'm planning to express in, in those regards, uh, are very different from how they're treated today. Like, I'm, I'm really trying to reach back and remember what, what it, it was It was a like. radically
0: different world, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, this, is this an autobiographical piece? Uh,
1: I would say, like, like very, very much so. Um, okay. there's, there's plenty of fiction attached to it too, but I, I'm a fan of not identifying where one ends and the other one begins.
0: Well, no, yeah, I would. I wouldn't ask you to to, to lay that out. That would seem unfair. Um, well, that's really cool. Uh, talk to me a little bit about. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you crafted the aesthetic for the game, because this is this was fascinating to me looking at the the early videos and images that that you have up. Like there is a lot of what I would recognize as your style in there, but also it is very carefully sort of like tailored to the medium, or, or, or at least that's how I perceived it. So I, I wonder if you can walk us through that a little bit, how you transitioned into a new medium, not in terms of like, obviously writing, it's super interesting, but like, particularly in terms of your art and how you produce scenes and, you know, visions of whatever aesthetic you imagine.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I would think a lot of, I would say a lot of the, the aesthetic is uh, thanks to Soren, uh, Soren Hughes, who's doing the background art for it. Um, Great. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I definitely, we had discussions about how we wanted these things to look, but much of that is just based on on their personal taste for it and, and sort of my my guidance in terms of what I recognize as like a classic uh, point-and-click adventure game style. Um, as far as the characters, um, which I, you know, I'm, I'm doing all the animations for, uh, I, I tried to make them look a little bit like my comic drawings. Uh, you know, that's how I draw. I've decided that, you know, I'm not looking to reimagine my style at this point. Like, I feel pretty happy with things having a sort of uniformity to them. But, uh, you know, with pixels, you can't make every line exactly the way you want them to. Uh, you have to you have to conform, uh, you know, pixel by pixel to what is available sure. to you. Um, I, I think... Uh, what i decided early on with the design would be that i wouldn't be too exhaustive with the detail of each of the drawings uh, because i really wanted there to be like a great variation of movements and facial expressions and things like that so uh so that each one wouldn't take me just an enormous amount of time to do um you know i come from a, a background of animation that was the first uh, you know, that was where I, I studied uh, before I be- oh, became a comic artist. Um, and I really liked the idea of just, you know, finishing and moving on to the next drawing. So the idea of, of rendering everything uh, exhaustively, and that was something that a lot of these Sierra games did do. Like, later on, they would do kind of the rotoscoped, uh, you know, they'd they'd film a real person, and then yeah. do the pixel art over it. And I'm not really interested in anything like that. So I really just wanted to take like a minimalist approach to the sprites so that I can just do all kinds of crazy stuff with them.
0: Cool. And and what, so one of the things that I find is so, um, I don't know, so difficult to place about, slice of life games, even though I really like slice of life games, uh, games to sort of like take an image of like, or take a snapshot of a particular time and place and personality. Um, it's always hard to pin down a conflict or, or it seems to me like games struggle with that anyway. Mm -hmm. So is that something that you struggled with in this game? Is there, is there a particular, you don't have to spoil anything, but is there (laughs) a particular conflict that you, that your character kind of feels or, or, faces is, uh, or is it sort of more of like a general kind of like life simulator
1: yeah i mean it is kind of hard to pin down a conflict when you don't have a villain um and this this game does not have villains um and i think you know the the general conflict uh is probably just this this character trying to like themselves (laughs) like it's it's uh you know they wake up every day not liking themselves and that's you know that's kind of the struggle of uh, however many years it takes you to do that, maybe some people never quite get through that struggle. Um, to me, it's one of the, uh, you know, the greatest struggles of your life is to just, like, be comfortable in your own skin. So sure. uh, to me, that's that's an enormous conflict. And then adding drama to that conflict, I think, is how the game is going to be exciting to people. Um, you know, does this character have, like, a nervous breakdown? Uh, do they make any sort of headway in, in uh, you know, the search for their own identity? Um, I, I feel like those can be very dramatic emotional moments and I know that uh, when I wrote Octopus Pie there were also no villains and I, I felt like I had a pretty decent uh, uh, amount of problems to uh, delve into without ever resorting to anything that felt kind of cheap to me like um, sure. you know uh, uh you know, sudden death of a character, or somebody gets pregnant by somebody else, and like you know, all the things that people <laughs> kind of would try to predict that I was about to do. Um, I always, I always thought it was just more dramatic and more, uh, more exciting to people when I took it in a direction that that maybe it would go in real life, um, or or just surprise them with how how undramatic it was. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm really trying to just manufacture a conflict. From what I see, as as the greatest challenges for uh, a, t- a teenager in their minds, like the things that they just uh, you know that seem completely insurmountable, unsolvable to them. How they deal with that on a daily basis. Hmm.
0: Um, I know you're. I know you're busy. So I just have a couple more questions. And I'll let cool. you go. But the um, I, I'm I'm wondering: Are there multiple endings? Are you doing? Is this sort of like a a, a choose your own adventure and sort of a Because I know a lot of the early King's Quest games had multiple bad endings, Mm -hmm. uh, but only really one multiple like win condition or only one, sorry, only one win condition, right? Like only one like where Um, you sort of like succeed.
1: I'm not sure about that one yet. I'm still kind of debating like, you know, it's a nice thing about this is you don't have to commit to anything in a linear fashion the way I do with the comics. Like as soon as the comics posted, I kind of have to commit to it. But uh, with this, you know, I, I can decide that later. Um, I, I really, as far as like Choose Your Own Adventure goes, I, you know, I debated that for a while. I know people like games where the character is kind of a vessel to them, uh, you know, like an empty vessel for, for them and they can choose a lot of their own outcomes. But for me, I feel like the, the incentive for playing a game that I've done that like is written by me is that they're going to get my story. And mm. that might not make the game sat- as satisfying to some people who prefer those kinds of games, but I'm hoping that by keeping things a little more on the rails and and, and linear, uh, people are going to get the best story that I can possibly tell. Um, if, Interesting. if I can think of ways to branch that out that I think are really cool and worth telling to people, then definitely I'll, I'll come up with, with more endings. But for now, I see things pretty much going in, in one direction. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll do, like, a, a point-based system where if you want a perfect game, you can do things a certain way,
0: but... Um, that would be very Sierra.
1: Yes. Yeah, I like the idea of that a lot.
0: I mean, I wouldn't say that I am in the majority here, so, you know, don't take this... Uh, don't don't get too excited, but the... I, I love linear games like that. I, I wish more games were like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think that is a... I, I'm very invested in sort of, like, uh, the author's intention in games like this, and I think that's fascinating. I think it's a, a great a good call i would i that makes me look forward to the game quite a bit um i wonder like one of the things that people uh i I guess predominantly scholars of video games who i you know have kind of a love-hate relationship with um uh worry about uh with video games is this idea of um you know player player interaction right where Mm -hmm. like can you have a story that is as you say like your story while players are clicking around and able to choose to do things, um, I you know I think in terms of the can you question, that's probably less interesting uh, right now than the how do you question. So how do you sort of like marry that idea of a straightforward story with this I don't know this this, this very open uh, you know, kind of almost like trust fall exercise where you're like okay now now you do my story.
1: Yes. No. It's it it's tough, and and I think you know it. This relationship may have changed over time. And I'm kind of idealizing something that that people maybe used to do a little bit more where, uh, you know, you kind of pretend to be this character. Like if you're going to get invested mm. in the game, you you let this character be you and maybe at points their experience will intersect with yours. But you also have to kind of give up a little bit of yourself in order to really get invested in the story. Uh, I mean, something that happened a lot uh for me uh, or i noticed happening a lot you know i've kind of fallen away from from video games i play fewer and fewer of them every year um but something that was sad for me was when more like rpgs were uh were having like the main character be kind of silent and uh and without identity yeah. um like i love final fantasy games where uh you you learn who the hero is, even if you know that's just like some sad boy with spiky hair who you know has <laughs> Almost a, always, has a yes. conflicted past. Even that, like you can glom onto it. But uh, they have their own identity. When they talk to people, they say their own things that you know are a, a reflection of of where they come from and who they are. And that to me was always more fun and and more gratifying that you would put yourself in in this person's position with all of their uh, you know, all of their past traumas and all of their, uh, you know, uh, own personal prejudices and, uh, you know, see where that goes. And that was always the most satisfying way to play that kind of game for me. So that's really mm-hmm. what I, I envision for people and I don't know yet. Like, I, this, it's a question I ask myself all the time. Is this what people want or do they want to be able to customize everything about the character that they're playing? And... This game, I, I just, you know, at some point I had to decide this game is not going to be that customizable experience. I have to commit fully to the kind of game that I want people to play uh, and just accept that it's not going to be for everybody in that way.
0: I kind of like that too, because it, it breaks from, you know, one of the the major discourses in gaming. And I, I took a long break from gaming pretty much before I started this podcast. And like when I came back to it uh, just briefly before and then during, one of the things I noticed and I was really surprised by was this new kind of focus in gaming on, you know, is this worth my $60? Like, mm-hmm. did I get enough hours out of it? Did I get enough time? And and you kind of addressed this earlier when you said, like, you're going to have a low investment uh, point Hopefully, on, yeah. on, on Perfect Tides. Yeah. But, like, there, there's this element of, like, is it worth it? And very rarely is the question, like, well, was it a good story? Mm-hmm. Um And I think a lot of that has to do with like, yeah, okay, like you pick up Skyrim or you pick up uh, Fallout 4 or whatever, and you customize your character. And then really it is just about like, okay, what does my personal avatar do in this game? Um, Much less about sort of like the development of that character, sort of like closed off world. Um, And I wonder if like, if focusing in the way you are kind of opens up that door again, where it's not about like, well was this worth my time? Uh, But sort of like a lot like a comic book where you can buy a graphic novel for like $16 and it can take you 20 minutes to read, but it can still be worth it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a problem in comics too, Uh, especially I think in monthlies. Um, It seems like graphic novel people have accepted it more, but whenever I did a monthly comic, uh, all of the reviews would be like yeah I felt like this was long enough like it t- it didn't take me it, 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 it took me a little while to read it it's like they were looking for the density that would make their four dollars worth it and I mean I understand that like there's a limited amount of money and there's only so many games you can play only so many comics you can read uh, and people's time is not worthless like every you know every minute they have to spend that they choose to spend on your thing that's something that you know i i don't want to take for granted um but yeah that said i mean when it comes to quantity i am hoping that this game is going to give people quite a few hours of of, if not play then at least story and Mm -hmm. and you know if if the puzzles are too easy at least they're going to get a story out of it and and feel like they you know, they experience something that can't be experienced anywhere else. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as quantity, it, it's really hard to, for people who don't make that distinction between an indie game and a, and a, a major corporate game, uh, you know, who don't make that distinction between say Marvel comics and, and a, gra- a personal graphic novel memoir, uh, right. it might be hard for them to enjoy it. And, uh, you know i think that's it's probably going to be inevitable that a few people will feel that way but uh, i think you know that there has been like a push to distinguish those cultures lately and you know like i said the graphic novel doesn't get that i think as much as the monthly um the culture around graphic novels i think is a little bit more permissive to that kind of thing so hopefully yeah. that's the culture of indie gaming it's not a culture that i'm familiar with but uh I'm really hoping, and you know, just judging by the early success with the Kickstarter and people's interest in the game, I'm really hoping that what what this crowd is looking for is uh, is a fully written game, something where they can get a unique story and a unique experience out of playing it.
0: Definitely, I mean, it, it, if anything, the success of something like Night in the Woods um, kind of speaks to the need for that or the desire for that uh, in, in a in a group of people uh, that I think. Probably like gamers in general, no one really thought they wanted that until all of a sudden someone decided to try it, or you, you're decided to try it. I, again, I think it's a, I think it's brave, but I, I I think it'll pay off. Um, not that it matters what I think. It just what they <laughs> no, do. I, it, it uh, does
1: matter. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> no, no problem. Um, okay, so my last question. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by the fact that you did you did the 20s bit, like you did you did Octopus Pie, as sort of like if 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 you're if someone's looking back and they're they're sort of like okay, where's the where's the before dawn? Where's the after dawn? Like what's the what's the what's the 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 filmography of this? Um, Octopus Pie kind of approaches the twenties. Perfect Tides kind of approaches teens. Do you ever think that you're going to be doing something else, either game, comic, whatever, um, that approaches uh, life post twenties, like adult life or, or sort of like capital A adult life?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, from you know. From what I've heard, and I've only heard this from people in their 30s, like 30s are kind of a blah. Like, like there's not a lot of excitement to them. You've just passed the excitement of your 20s, and now you're kind of settling into the person you're going to be, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't pair with the crisis of aging that that your 40s and your 50s have. So. Um, For now, 30s don't seem particularly interesting to me, but I've only been living that for a little while. I didn't have a lot to say about my 20s in my early 30s, in my early 20s either. Um, So I expect that that after I get sick of writing about my past memories, I'm probably going to have some more experiences to write about here. And, I mean, I see that happening. Like, just having a child is like, oh, I've just done this extremely validating human thing that... uh, that you can't possibly know what it's like to do until you do it. And I'm completely changed forever by it. Um, I have the feeling at some point I'm going to want to write about that. Uh, but right now I'm just enjoying living it and, uh, you know, reflecting on it. And, uh, I'd like to give it a little time to be digested and, you know, for me to, you know, have the space to think about what what kind of story I'd like to tell with that.
0: That's only fair. (laughs) Um, so, uh, Perfect Tides, uh, I don't want to – I'm not going to pressure you to, to give us like an exact de- uh, due date. Uh, that seems cruel. <laughs> um, it, it, like in the next – you think like next year or something? I know there's uh, there's uh, stuff people can look at. Uh, check out uh, – there's the Perfect Tides Twitter. There's also at Granulac, which is your Twitter, which I'm a lot of people probably already follow. But if not, um, there's all sorts of cool video there. Um, just – Is there anywhere where people can support it? People can sort of like check updates on it?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can check everything at perfect-tides.com. That links to the Twitter, the Instagram, uh, these things that are are brutally uh, uh, slow to update on my end. Um, But (laughs) I I, I do post updates on my Twitter a lot, uh, little samples of what I've done. Uh, There's also a Patreon, which is kind of an ongoing uh, chill commitment where people just give me a few bucks a month uh, so that I don't need to seek out more work and I can focus on the game and I post Great. I post some uh, some previews of the art in the game and animations and titles that I've been working on so there's a little incentive for that um, yeah I think the game will like the the date that I'm promising that I have not yet moved up is the end of 2019 uh, that would okay. give me about a year and a half from now which does not yet sound daunting maybe it will at some point um we'll see if raising a child becomes harder than than it is uh at this moment but you know i've been i've been working on it every day and i feel like uh i've made amazing amount of progress with it so i still feel okay saying that that's when it's going to come out
0: it sounds like it's been, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be presumptive, but it sounds like it's been a, a really validating experience for you to, to get into game design.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really do like it so far. You know, you, That's cool. you work in an industry for long enough and you start to feel like super jaded by the culture around it. And, I mean, I still love comics. In comics? I can't imagine. <laughs> right, like, is there anyone after, like, 20 years in comics that is just like, I still, I love everything about it. I love all the people. I love the media. I love everything it's about so it. Yeah, it's yeah. so vital. Yeah, it's so vital. Yeah, I mean, you get tired. And, and I still like it. My, my absolute love of comics is that uh, I feel like, for the most part, uh, money has not touched it the way it's touched all these other industries um hmm. like there's so few millionaires in indie comics uh, you can count them on you know one or two hands and uh you go to the small press shows and it's never about the money um well maybe that's changing i don't know maybe <laughs> maybe indie comics is going to get money too uh but uh for now you know i still have a great fondness for it but uh i have found that in terms of just like media interest and and the amount of enthusiasm people have for your work, uh, you can't beat video games. Like, everyone is so on board with your idea that I I feel an enormous obligation to to fulfill their expectations, to meet their expectations as closely as I can because there's just been so much excitement about it since I got started with it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean that you know, as as we've seen in e E3, three, and e three's past, uh, that can that can be a blessing and a curse. But I think generally, indie audiences are um, supportive throughout, or at least I hope so. Um, well, I'm really looking forward to seeing more updates. I think everyone should go check it out. It's it's definitely you know based on what I can tell from my audience, it seems like it would be a one that you guys would like. Um, Meredith, thank you so much for, for coming on. Is there anything we missed?
1: No problem. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think we've covered a wide swath of things.
0: I would say so, yeah. Um, well, I, I sure hope that uh, you'll come on again when the game comes out. I'd love to talk to you about it when it's when it's out there, winning all of its various BAFTAs and <laughs> et, cetera, et um, uh And, yeah, very much looking forward to playing it.
1: Oh well, thank you, Trevor. I would love to come back.
0: Oh, that'd be wonderful. Well, thanks so much, and... Um, See y'all later. All
1: right, take care.